Welcome to D4 Sports, Day Drinking with Don and Dustin. I'm Don. And I'm Dustin. We're coming to you from Lubbock, Texas. And London, England. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome everyone to episode 7 of D4 Sports. Episode 7. Today we're going to... Well, we're going to have our first guest, first guest uh, on the on the history of of D4 Sports. Looking forward to it. Not going to give away who it is yet. You're just going to have to wait and see. But I, I, it's it's a special. It's a real treat. Hundred percent. I'm solo this week uh, for this uh, opening session. Anyway, until our guest comes in, of course, because uh, Dustin is on vacation in Disney with his family, sweating it out down in Florida. But I uh, trust that they're having a great time. He did send me some notes, so, uh, you know, some talking points. So I'll definitely uh, work him in here a little bit. But obviously, you know, this is, uh, you know, between week one and week two of the NFL season. So NFL has finally kicked off. Interesting first week uh, in a lot of ways. And I'm going to kind of dissect that a little bit here uh, to, to get started. Uh, but before I get into that, we've been talking a lot about the U.S. Open. And, you know, if you paid any attention, you know that the matchup didn't happen. Daniel Medvedev, you know, good for him, you know, won his match against Carlos Alcaraz in the semifinals. And then, you know, Djokovic rolled, rolled over him in the final for the championship. So Djokovic wins again. Congratulations to Djokovic. But Daniel Medvedev, you are in the honorary D4 doghouse for ruining the greatest tennis matchup that we were looking for of the entire season. So, you know, I, I could go on a rant about how, you know, this is Russia ruining more stuff for us, but uh, I will avoid that because, I don't know, might be in poor taste, I suppose. But, you know, you know and, and I, I do feel for the Russian athletes uh, who, you know, can't really compete uh, with their country. If, if you saw any of the, uh, you know, the... The, the matches or you just looked at the uh, results, you know, all the players have their flag next to them and the Russian athletes just, it's just blank. So, uh, it, you know, it's, it is unfortunate, but obviously with the things that Russia's doing on the world stage, it's, it has definitely, uh, you know, impacted the, the athletes as well. Uh, good one for the U S though. Coco golf shows up and, uh, wins the U.S. Open for in the in the female division, so that's exciting. Maybe some uh, some good. Actually, the U.S. had a pretty good showing in general. We had uh, what I think three Americans in the uh, in the quarter quarterfinals. Um, you know, they all ended up well. Two of them beat each other, and then of course uh, lost to uh, Ben Ben Shelton. I think it was not Blake Shelton. I was uh, you know not not Blake, uh, but lost to Djokovic in the semifinals. But uh, hey, you know, American tennis, that would be, that'd be nice if uh, American tennis uh, stood up and, and started doing some things again. So uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's that, that bit. Uh, on the Millwall front, um, there's, a, there's been a break in uh, English uh, football for the last two weeks as there were international competitions happening, but Millwall's back in action this weekend, as is the Premier League. Uh, so, you know, our, our Premier League fantasy, we'll, we'll definitely keep you updated on that again. I am still leading Dustin by, uh, I believe, four points at this 
at this point. So uh, I'm in first place in, in both of my fantasy Premier Leagues <clears throat> for the uh, English Premier League. So I don't know what that says about the quality of the competition I'm playing against. But uh, yeah, happy to be in first. But let's just say probably shouldn't be. At any rate, it is what it is. So let's let's take a minute and let's break down week one of the NFL season. Uh, you know, only really one big big storyline, and uh, unfortunately, it is a bit tragic. And uh, you know, I mean, I, look, I'm on record. If you've listened to our earlier episodes of the podcast, my you know desire to see the Jets crash and burn with the whole Rodgers experiment and all the crazy Super Bowl hype. And, uh, well, that happened. Although I would say, you know, just unbelievable. You know, Rodgers goes down four plays into the season. Uh, You know, all the jokes about the NFL being scripted and people like, you couldn't script this any better than this. You got to be careful saying that anymore because, you know, thank you, Arian Foster, for the uh, inside scoop that this is going to happen. But, you know, I, it's just, I mean, it's, it's tragic, but it's funny. And I mean, you know, there's been, you know, some great articles about, you know, Barstool Sports did stuff on like, this is the Jetsiest thing the Jets have ever done. And uh, it's just really, it's just really something because, you know, I mean, the Jets finally had a shot and who knows? I mean, you know, the defense looks good. You know, maybe Zach Wilson will, you know, be the quarterback that they hoped when they drafted him. But uh when Aaron Rodgers said he, you know, looked to play three to five and then maybe hand it off to Zach Wilson. I think he meant years and not three to five plays, but either way, uh, looks like Zach Wilson's going to get his shot. But so, so the Jets, man, uh, the Jets, they still won the game. And Josh Allen went back to reverted to his uh, rookie season. Josh Allen throwing the ball all over the yard, uh, mostly to the other team. Uh, guess we'll see what that means. But, you know, you can't ever overreact too much to week one. Uh, you know, stuff happens in week one that you don't expect. And, uh, you know, and, and teams are finding their footing. Uh, you know, certainly a, a couple uh, surprising. Uh, the Bengals, hello, Cincinnati, uh, go into Cleveland and just lay an egg. Uh, Joe Burrow, <laughs> like the highest played player ever now and has just a, a terrible week. Um the New York Giants, I mean, hello, New York Giants. Uh, they are absolutely 100% ready to uh, forget week one because that was tragic. In fact, I, I found this that was on social media, this, this stat that said, no team has ever lost 40 to nothing or worse, lost the sack battle 7 zero or worse, lost the turnover battle three to zero or worse, had a blocked field goal return for a touchdown and thrown a pick six in the same season. No team had ever done that. All those things in an entire season. And the Giants did it in one game. So look, I, you know, went on record saying I wasn't a big believer in the Giants. Surely they're going to be better than that. But, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, your New York Giants uh, got steamrolled in every possible sense of the word by the Cowboys. The Bills, again, surprisingly bad. Uh, just played a really sloppy game. Um, not, not, not looking great. Uh, surprising to the good side, 
surprisingly good. Obviously, the Cowboys had a tremendous night, uh, even if their offense didn't do a lot, but didn't really have to do a lot. At least, you know, Dak had a pretty ho-hum game. Pollard looked good. That was, you know, solid for uh, my, you know, my, my bold prediction of the year that Pollard leads the league in rushing. So he, had a, he was off to a good start. Uh, the Niners. I think, I think of all the teams I saw, the Niners looked good. Um, you know, uh, Brock Purdy, who was one of my question marks coming into the season, you know, looks like Purdy's picked up where he left off and looks like he's going to be solid. The Steelers really didn't look good. And it's, it's, it's a fair question. Is that the Steelers being bad or is that the Niners just being that good? I think I would chalk it down to this week as the, the Niners being that good. Um, certainly more ready for week one than Pittsburgh was. But I would say uh, of, all the, of all the teams that I saw of any substance, definitely I would say the Niners look to be the most solid. Uh, surprising, uh, surprising teams, but still not sure. The Browns, uh, you know, played a really solid game against the Bengals. And, uh, you know, the Browns defensive front is supposed to be one of the best in the league, and they certainly looked it this week. Of course, arguably the weakness of the Bengals is their offensive line. So maybe it was strength against weakness and, you know, who knows week one, but I, I mean, holy smokes, Deshaun Watson threw arguably the, one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen uh, uh, this week, but you know, he played generally a pretty solid game, you know, moved the Browns and that, you know, Hey, the Browns were, were pretty good. The Rams uh, were definitely surprising. Um, fantasy wise. Hello, Kyron Williams, you bring in your backup running back to give you two touchdowns off the bench instead of giving it to Cam Akers, but whatever. Um, but no, the, the Rams played a, a really solid game with no Cooper Cup. You got Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua. You know, Puka, Puka Nakua, that's, that's definitely a D4 level name. Um, these two guys come off, off the bench and thrust into starting roles and turn up a really good performance. Matthew Stafford looked really good and their defense played well. Now, again, I'm not a big believer in Seattle either. I think Seattle is going to have a, an ultimate reversion to the mean season this year. And uh, so again, it could be that, you know, the Rams were really ready and Seattle just kind of wasn't, but uh, surprising. And I'm going to put my Patriots in this category too. Really impressed with the Patriots for not rolling over and not getting steamrolled by the Eagles. In fact, really the Eagles really only had, one drive of, of substance, um, the opening drive where they got a, a field goal. The rest of the time, they really couldn't move the ball against the Patriots defense. I mean, they got the, they got the pick six touchdown, and then, you know, the Patriots gave it on the very next play when Zeke Elliott fumbles, and they give him the ball at the 23, so they only had to go 25 yards, and they did. But, you know, from that 16 nothing lead that the Eagles had, the Patriots really stiffened and played some pretty good football. And actually, you know, Mac Jones – Threw some bad passes, but he also threw some good passes. So, uh, you know, there's no moral victories in the NFL. That's, that's un unquestionably true. I mean, you, they still lost the game. But getting down to the end and having a legitimate chance to win the game was definitely, uh, I, 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 was, I was pleased, right, uh, with that. And, and I would say, in general, um, week one went to the defenses, right? The defenses looked significantly better than the offenses in, in most all cases uh, in, in week one. And a uh, couple of other storylines that, you know, I had kind of predicted, you know, are question marks. You know, what does Ken Mahomes carry his receivers? And I think we had, uh, you know, an initial answer to that question. When Kelsey was out, I think the answer is eh, 
Maybe? Probably not. I don't know that their receiving core is going to be good enough, especially if they don't get Kelsey back. Uh, that, that, that'll be interesting. Um, some other ones, players I was down on, Jordan Love had a really strong week. Uh, we'll see if he continues. You know, I, I'm still not 100% sold on him, but he, he definitely looked a little, uh, little bit better uh, in, in th- than he did you know, in his previous times he's played. Um, Tua had a really strong game. Uh, you know, and again, you know, I, I think for me, the big question is, is Tua actually going to stay healthy and be able to play the full season? Still not necessarily 100 percent that he's um, that, that he's going to, you know, be, be the next great quarterback. But maybe he will. Uh, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, two guys I thought we might see a drop off. Both had a pretty strong week one. And uh, Matthew Stafford, again, makes uh, Puka Nakua. Look really good. Um, my sleeper teams that I picked this year, the Bears and the Steelers, neither of them looked any good. Justin Fields looked like Justin Fields again and, you know, really needs to figure out a little more of the NFL passing game, I would have to say, if the Bears are really going to have any chance. The Steelers, again, as I already said, against the Niners, just looked completely overmatched. Commanders played a pretty good game, but they were playing the Cardinals. Uh, but I liked what I saw from Sam Howell in general, and I, th- I think he might uh, might turn out to be a decent one. So, so we'll see. Uh, that my specific Week One predictions that Debo uh, that not uh, yeah, but Debo Samuel would would have a, a good game. Nah, I mean a fine game, but nothing nothing great. Totally overshadowed by Ayuk. Uh, my flop pick that Dustin asked me about Derek Henry. Can't go far as as far as to say flop, but he didn't have a great game. Uh, not bad. Had had one good run, one good catch, but couldn't get the get the job done. Couldn't move the chains at the end of the game when they needed him to. So uh, I'm still not sure that this is. I, I think we personally, I think we've seen peak Derrick Henry, but but I guess we'll see. One other thing is rookie quarterbacks. Now, if you look at you know after week one, you look at passer ratings, you look at QBR. The the the, the three rookie quarterbacks are definitely they're all in the bottom five. Joined by, mind you, Joe Burrow and shock Daniel Jones. But uh, C.J. Stroud for the Texans played a pretty good game. I would say of the three, he's the one that looked shakiest to me. Uh, Bryce Young in Carolina. Um, I think Bryce Young looked pretty good, actually. I, 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 you know, For a, a rookie starting his first game, again, they're playing the Falcons, so not the stiffest competition, but played a, played a solid game. And, and the one who really surprised me the most was Anthony Richardson. I think... Of the three, I think he looked best um, in the Colts' offense. I think he he really had command of the field, um, and uh, you know what? We'll see again. Uh, week one, rookie quarterbacks. You know, there's only so much you're ever really going to expect out of rookie quarterbacks. You know, as I've talked about before, but uh, we'll see. We'll we'll see what they turn into. So far, I think early returns are are pretty positive. Uh, all right, so here's here's what Dustin sent me. Uh, Dustin's takes. He said the Lions didn't lion. Uh, they tried to lion, but they didn't, and that's uh, that's good for everybody. Everybody wants to see the Lions be the feel-good story, and uh, yeah, the Lions, you know, went out, played a really solid game on the road against the Chiefs. Um, you know, Mike Tirico might say there's an asterisk, but you know, there's no asterisk there. They went into Kansas City and won the game. Good job for the Lions. We'll see if they keep it up. Uh, his line: Aaron Rodgers' wheel fell off. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it really did. Uh, 
You said the Vikings, Bengals, and the Giants were a no-show. Uh, pretty, pretty fair. I'm not, I'm not sure I'd go all the way to no-show for the Vikings, but they did not play a solid game in week one, that's for sure. Uh, the Dolphins' offense could be formidable. And I think, yeah, that, there's no question there. I, um, you know, they are going to need, well, Mostert got injured, big, big surprise. Raheem Mostert gets, gets injured and, you know, uh, probably not going to play this week. But uh, that's sort of been the story of his career, unfortunately. But uh, if they can find a, a, a decent running attack, I mean, I mean look, Tyreek Hill, just ridiculous. Jalen Waddell. Looked really strong. Uh, I can't remember who their tight end is now. But he had a couple of catches. But um, uh, Texas Tech doesn't look great right now. His words. Yeah, no. I don't think. I don't know. This was the big year for Texas Tech. And they've started now 0-2. Hey, you lose to Oregon. That's, that's not terrible. But uh, I think that Wyoming loss is going to really come back to haunt Tech. I, that's, that was a tough one. Um, he is uh, Travis Etienne did well but not until the end yeah um, that's pretty true Etienne Jacksonville kind of played a pretty spotty game against the Colts frankly in week one until the the, you know the third third really late third quarter and into the fourth quarter when they took control of the game but uh, didn't really seem probably quite as uh, as as stellar as everybody was hoping in week one and then he said yeah Jordan Love won so uh and we've already, already talked a bit about, about love. So, yeah, he, he definitely did. Um, had, a, you know, had, a, had a solid week. And we'll see what the Packers turn into. Let me give you an update on our, uh, our Dustin and my fantasy game uh, for the week and my family pick and pool. Week one of our, fantasy, of our family pick and pool, I got eight games right. Uh, sitting in fifth place. Uh, Dustin got nine games right, so he's up on me by one there. And my brother... Uh, got got ten, as did my future son-in-law, Will, my daughter's uh, my daughter's fiance. So uh, so Dustin's up on me, got me up one there. But in our fantasy matchups, our DraftKings matchups, we split uh, overall. We're four and four. Uh, you know, neither of us had a, a great week. Although actually, I my uh, my primetime team came through and I I popped and won about thirty bucks. So that ain't that ain't too bad. I had I had a at, 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 at good showing there, but most of my uh, most of my entries did not uh, did not pay off big time. And again, if you if you want to get into DraftKings, I encourage you to go back listen to Drunk Uncle, uh, where we give our advice on how to play fantasy sports and how not to play fantasy sports. And uh, I thankfully I took my own advice. I didn't didn't overbet. It's always week one. I always get fired up. I always want to enter way too many teams, but I I did all right. Um, so you know, and had had one had one good payoff, so not not too bad. So, so there's our there's our uh, opening segment down. Your rundown of uh, current events in sports. Time now to bring on our first guest. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, I am overjoyed at this segment as we are welcoming the first ever guest to d4 sports and you know sometimes people say this this guy needs no introduction well this guy might need a little introduction so i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna give a little intro 
uh, truly one of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, you know, and there's all kinds of reasons for that, but love to just hang out with him, love to chat with him, you know, all that, because he is my son, Sam Nichols. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Sam Nichols. Sam, say hi to the people. Uh, hi, people. <laughs> oh, that's that's the way to start. That's good the to way. Be here. Oh, uh, I am honored to be the first guest on this podcast. Absolutely, coming in coming in early in uh, Denver, Colorado. Right, so it's uh, you're you're sipping coffee here while I'm just finished lunch. Yes, it is pre sunrise, mm. which is rare for me. <laughs> yeah, same, <laughs> same. So there's a few reasons we brought Sam onto the show, uh, but you know, first, uh, you know, Sam, let's just talk. I mean, you know, when when you were, you remember all the times when, as a kid, we'd sit around together and we'd watch sports for hours. We'd watch football all Sunday. We'd watch what you you were asking to watch baseball, but you remember you remember this? I remember it exactly like that. Do I you? remember <laughs> we'd sit on the couch. Mm-hmm. And then about five minutes in, I'd be like, I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> I want well, to play video games. You never said you were bored. You just kind of silently <laughs> got up and exited the room. Not a big watcher of sports as a child, were you? I was a, I was a player of sports. Well, you were a player. Why don't you walk us through your, uh, your playing career, uh, your illustrious careers that you had in, in various sports? Well, let's see. Uh, so I started with... Oh geez, baseball, soccer, baseball, kind of around the soccer same first. time. Yeah, about the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was youth sports. Um, uh-huh. I think I did each for about four years, uh, basically through elementary school. Uh, broke <laughs> both of my ankles. Yes. Uh, did you ever play? Did you ever play a full baseball season? I don't think you did. Did you? Uh, but. Uh, Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I I enjoyed watching, you know, from the bench anyways. <laughs> you were you were channeling your inner inner Brian Regan going, Red Snow Cone, Red Snow Cone, uh, grape, Cher- grapes a favorite. Cherry, cherry, cherry. grape. Both favorites. <laughs> Both favorites. <laughs> um, play, play the whole game, play half the game, still get a whole snow cone. It's all that matters. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I you know, I found out from a very young age that I wasn't the most competitive. Uh, no of an athlete and did not mind missing a few games. <laughs> um, but so I uh-huh. did that. Uh, there was a brief stint of mandatory tennis lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, I, you were swinging a, for the fences. <laughs> I got a trophy, uh, most improved. Uh, sure. but I think me and about 10 other people got most improved. So that was a lot of improvement going on. A lot of improvement. Um, yeah, and then, you know, when it came to kind of my, you know, physical prime mm. sports, whatever, mm-hmm. high school, right, I uh, I was football and lacrosse. Yeah. Those were kind of my two. I played football for five years. You did. And then lacrosse for two. Um, yeah. And I, had and I remember a stint as a wrestler there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that No, yeah, it was pretty good, too. But you you almost had your head ripped off. I do remember that yeah. <laughs> quite vividly. But no, I, I remember when you asked to play football in middle school. And I, you know, I think I've told you this, but I, I really thought 
you were going to be one and done. You were going to get like hit once. And the first time somebody really hit you, you'd be like, oh, no, I'm not down for this. But you really, you you seemed a lot. You played offensive line at, what, 125 pounds? So, uh, oh, yeah. I was yeah. pretty good, too. I, yeah, you weren't too bad, actually. I, I, I do remember your first tackle ever was that wonderful clothesline. <laughs> Almost took the took the poor kid from Principia's head off. <clears throat> Got a penalty on your first play. But anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. So, all you know, fair enough. You weren't an avid sports fan as a kid. Uh, you know, you were athletic and you played. But so why are you on the show? I am on this show because I am a Formula One fan. Formula One. At some point, you decided, of all the sports in the world that you were going to be a part of, you're going Formula One. Talk me through that. How did, how did Formula One, how did how'd you get there? Um, yeah, I, it kind of snuck up on me, to be honest. Um, like the third beer just yeah, kind of sneaks up on you. It just kind of <laughs> sneaks up on you. Um, no, I went out to Los Angeles to visit mm-hmm. my sister. Um, for a spring break, I think it was maybe junior or senior year, something like that, um, of college. And we went out there and I was at their house and they just had this show called drive to survive mm-hmm. who goes on, uh, on the TV, um, which for those who don't know, drive to survive is kind of. Netflix's docudrama, docuseries about uh, Formula One, and I I was hooked. I was like, I I didn't know this was a thing. I had heard of NASCAR, which I might make some people mad. To me, it's a little boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Formula One, in my head, is superior. Um, yeah, and from then on, I was hooked. I was like, okay, how can I watch this? Where do I learn more about this? And yeah, it only grew from there. So you became a sports fan through Netflix. Yes, like every <laughs> every young person nowadays, I became a sports fan through Netflix. Well, I mean, it's really true, though, right? But, but Formula One's fan base took off after that show, didn't it? I mean, it, it's always had a fan base because it's a very global sport. But I mean, yeah. didn't yeah, it went through the roof, didn't it? I don't want to say it doubled <laughs> but it, yeah uh, yeah i mean it skyrocketed yeah um and there's you know there's there's a diehard community of you know f1 fans who are like drive mm-hmm. to survive is ruining the support you know, fake mm-hmm. fans you know, bandwagoners you know, patriots yeah. fans <laughs> oh easy now hey, hey, hey uh says the guy wearing my cow hoodie oh, the yeah. one you yeah i mean i did <laughs> give it to you i guess eventually but Go Bears, um, but you don't even know who the Cal Bears are. So anyway. Uh, oh, they're out there. Um. <laughs> and now you you, you are, you, you like, you genuinely pay attention to Formula One kind of the way that I pay attention to football now, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. I, you know, I get up at unreasonable times and watch their practices and their talk shows, their interviews. Um. Uh, all of the, all of it. I you know I read their articles sometimes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah no and it's it's always interesting because it is a it's a European sport so the 
predominantly. World, it, predominantly. Yeah. it is worldwide, though. They travel, you know, yeah. all, all across the globe. So it's all at different times. So I have to, you know, every week yeah. I look and I'm like, okay, when am I, when am I getting up today? Yeah. Um, because in, a, in that way, it does control my schedule. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, they, they might have support groups for that if you, if you need one. <laughs> Formula One Anonymous. I'm Sam. Oh, no. I like Formula One. <clears throat> so, so, but what is it about Formula One that, that captures you so much? Because, again, I mean, it's not that I didn't try to get you to watch sports <laughs> as a kid. You just, you never wanted to. But so what, what is it about Formula One that, that really captures your imagination so much? Yeah, I think that it's, it's a combination of things for sure. Um, it really helps that there's only there's only 20 drivers. There's only 20 mm-hmm. names you need to know. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty small compared to you know American football mm-hmm. or baseball where there are hundreds of players, sometimes changing quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I I sorry I'm just thinking about <laughs> the one year you did fantasy football. And we're, <laughs> we're drafting and you had what like the sixth pick and you're round one. You're like. Is uh is Calvin Johnson any good? And I was like, that's it. I mean, what are you gonna do in round <laughs> round four or five? And you, I think you went to auto draft pretty quickly after round one. But yeah, I just no, not not quite as many. But I mean, but there, there's more than twenty drivers, right? I mean, but because every team's got subs and and you you do pay attention to even some of the up and comers, right? And the you know the you you were telling me earlier this year about you know drivers waiting in the wings and stuff. And I you know which I didn't know that was a thing, but there you go. Yeah, no, um, yeah, and just like any sport, there are feeder programs, there's, you know, the junior series, there's F3, F2, and then F1, um, Mm -hmm. and there's also, there's Formula E, there's all sorts of kind of different variations. Okay, so enlighten me a little bit on this, are all the different classes of Fs, of formulas, I guess, are they, are they... Are they all racing the same types of cars? Are they the same teams? Are they? Is it like minor leagues for like Red Bull racing and and Mercedes, or is it just other groups trying to kind of break their way in? That is a great question. Um, it really depends. I know Red Bull has, you know, they have an F two car that, you know, is very much like Red Bull, um, but a lot of them have other names and stuff, but the money kind of comes from the same places mm. and these, you know, bigger names, you know, Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren, they all have kind of, yeah, they all have feeder programs up through the junior series. Mm. I see. Um, but, but so, but are the cars the same? The cars are not the same. Um, okay. yeah, it's, there's a, there's class differences in the cars. They go different speeds, different, mm g-forces stuff like that i mean there was but it's all open wheel racing right it's not it NASCAR. All open, they are all okay. the same style of car yeah, yes yeah. okay um yeah but they're so they're so different that you know uh, there was i believe last year there was uh, a young driver who yeah, there was a one of the drivers got sick so someone had to come up and mm-hmm. you know i think it was just a reserve driver but even still they, you know, they went through the whole race. So they, 
their teammates had to come pick them up out of the car because it was so physically taxing on them that they couldn't mm. get up themselves because it was nice. their, their first time in a Formula One car actually racing. Sure, sure. So, I like to I watch can't really... and say, I could do that. Yeah, no, yeah. No, I, I couldn't do that. <clears throat> I, I Man, I can't even drive go-karts very well. So, you know, it's put me in Formula One, I'm sure that'd be about it. But let me, so, okay, so well, let's let's start with, you know, the obvious, right? The king, right? At this point, Max Verstappen doesn't really race anymore. He just gets out there and drives. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. yeah. So, nice talking Sunday about... Evening drive. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, so what? I mean, what's? I, I know last year you you were a big Verstappen fan, right? Yes. I mean, that's probably the guy that got you hooked more than anybody. And I, here I'm over here in the UK, and obviously Lewis Hamilton's kind of a big deal over here because obviously British racer, and you know, arguably the, if not the best of all time, one of the best of all time, certainly. But uh, so what's your take? I mean, you think is Max still good for the sport or is like, does somebody just need to like break Max's leg for so he's out for six months or what's what's going to happen here? Yeah, there's actually some talk recently that, you know, and it could have just been you know drama being started, but um, mm-hmm. that Max was no longer good for the sport hmm. because people were watching. They're like, well, we already know who's going to win. Yeah, because he has. I mean, Red Bull has won every race this year for those who don't yeah. know. They don't look like they're slowing down. They're winning by 30 seconds, which, again, for people who don't watch, that's a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I I think I, I still enjoy, you know, I being a Max fan, I'm like, mm-hmm. that's really, that's great. I would like to see more of a competition. Um, but as long as you can just kind of, They've even said it themselves. As long as we just pretend Max isn't there and that P2 <laughs> is P1, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's great. And so, you know. Well, because he, he he just won his 10th race in a row, right? Which was the which is the new record. And I actually watched <clears> – <throat> I tuned in because he didn't get the pole this week, which is kind of news because he's been pole most of the time. But he started off in position two, and I it was like – I looked and it was like 16 laps in and he still wasn't leading. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this going to actually, are we going to actually have a race? And then by the time I actually got it turned on, he was winning. <laughs> and by about like lap 18 or 19, mm-hmm. and then nobody got close to him. What was so wild to me though, was like, they showed the last hour of the race and they almost never even showed him. They mm-hmm. never even showed it until they, until... They come. He comes to his last lap, and they go, get all excited. Here it comes, Death of Max Verstappen, right coming in. But it's like you haven't even shown the guy because he's literally just out there driving at the head of the pack. But um, and the rest of the driving is compelling. But yeah, I just I don't know. I, I don't. Th- I can't remember any other sport though I've seen where they the guy who's winning isn't even getting shown. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> at all. Yeah. No. And. There, there was definitely. I, I, I imagine I wasn't watching, but there, you know, there was a seven-year, seven, eight-year period of Mercedes dominance before mm-hmm. Red Bull kind of took over the the championship spot. Um, where I imagine Lewis Hamilton wasn't being shown as much as maybe mm. the rest of the drivers because Mercedes was winning by, you know, the same amount. Mm. Maybe, maybe not as much, but sure. But at the same time, they they did have another driver that was up there, 
near Lewis, mm-hmm. you know, and that was Valtteri Bottas mm-hmm. or Nico Rosberg at times. Mm-hmm. Um, they even one year during the Mercedes, uh, the Mercedes dominance had Nico Rosberg actually beat Lewis Hamilton in the in the World Championship, mm. which is not something we're seeing reflected at Red Bull. The two drivers yeah. are clearly not not on the same level or not in the same car. So when you're watching a race, what what do you I mean obviously lap 1 is always awesome, right? Because they're all just bunched up and they're all trying to get position and there's I wouldn't probably 25% of the time there's at least one car goes out on the first lap, right? Within the first handful of turns. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it's it's not an uncommon thing. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it's it's generally one of the smaller teams. It's yeah. people who, you know, every place really matters right in the beginning because their car is maybe not as good at overtaking. So Right. You know. Well, and, and so you get points in a race if you finish in the top 10, right? Yes. And do you – I know in like in, – well, in Fantasy Formula 1, which I have played a couple of times – uh, you, you get points for how many spots you overtake, right? Like how many overtake, how many passes you get um, in, mm. in, during a race. But um, I mean, what are the? I mean, obviously, racing is interesting when it's competitive and guys are going wheel to wheel and stuff. But what do you when you're watching a race? What do you? What are your favorite parts of watching a Formula One race? Because I know probably a lot of people, and I was frankly one of these for a long time. Just can't even imagine sitting down and watching two hours of cars. It's a little more interesting than the Indy 500, where it's just an oval. Although Indy car is still pretty cool, I guess. But um, but what is it? What is it for you that during the race that you 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 like to see? What's what's the stuff that kind of you know memorable or maybe some memorable moments or stuff that you know that you? Uh... For me, it's obviously the start and mm-hmm. the finish are generally the most exciting points. Um, also, you know, pit stops, watching Mm. the cars come into the pits and, you know, there's something really exciting about seeing people change tires in a car in about two and a half seconds. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's, it's wild. It's like eight people come out, run out to this car, rip off the old tires, put on new tires, wipe down the wings, get them going. I mean, it's. And you see it sometimes, I think there was one this year that was like 1.9 seconds. Yeah. It's faster than I can get out of bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, really, it's, it's, it's quite impressive. And then you see different things. And, you know, most, most of the big teams will do this sometimes. Ferrari is always fun to watch because they sometimes do it fairly unsuccessfully. Um, hmm. they've had a couple years of just bad strategy kind of shooting themselves in the foot. I, I, I love watching them. Uh, I think it was, it was last year. It was the Monaco Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. I believe Charles Leclerc was in first and Monaco. The whole thing is it's, it, anything can happen in Monaco, but it is very, very hard to overtake. And mm-hmm. Charles Leclerc was in first and, they pitted him on accident, so they weren't ready. <laughs> How do you accidentally pit up somebody? <laughs> Oops. They say, box, box, and he says, box, confirm. And then he's going in, they're like, wait, stay out, stay out. And he's like, I'm already I'm already in the pit lane. Yeah. And, and the guy's like, like, I'm still eating my donut. 
Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, you know, it's especially sad for him because he's, he's from Monaco. He's a Monegasque. He's a Monegasque. He's a Monegasque. They always say the Monegasque. Um, so, <laughs> and then he gets, you know, incredibly frustrated. And then Carlos, Carlos Sainz is in the lead and yeah. goes, I believe, goes on and wins the race. Uh, well, not before Leclerc was probably begging on the radio to let me let me pass him, let me pass oh, him back. Yeah. Man, <laughs> team you're a big Leclerc fan, aren't you? You're a big Charles Leclerc fan, right? I always <laughs> celebrate any time he has misfortune. <laughs> yeah, kind of like Aaron Rodgers this week. Aaron Rodgers goes down, and a handful of people are like, "Huh, that's not terrible." <laughs> yeah, I, re- I remember that. Yeah. Oh, you were watching the game, were you? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sunday afternoon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was Monday night, but that's all right. <laughs> Actually, wait, no, it was Sunday night. I don't even know. Oh, it, you don't it, was even a one, know. it was a one o'clock in well, the morning. That's all, yeah. I, that's all I know. It was, it was too early for me to, to, me to get him to watch it. Yeah, and welcome back. To D four sports. <laughs> oh, well done, well done, son. Nice. I might use that. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, feel free. <laughs> well, so one of the great things about driving is that you can't drink while you're doing it, right? Yes. I mean, not legally, anyway. <laughs> not legally. Not to say it hasn't ever happened. Although, please, if you're listening to this, D four does not advocate drinking and driving. That's a couple of D's right there, but don't do it. Don't do drinking and driving. D4. There it is. Boom. Just came up with that. Off the cuff. Right there. Four Ds. Don't do drinking and driving. Don't do drinking and driving. No. But not bad to have a drink while you're watching Formula One. Unless it's 1 a.m. Well, is that really a problem, though? No. I mean, think that through here. No, you're right. (laughs) Oftentimes, if you're up at 1 a.m., you're probably drinking. You're probably drinking. (laughs) I guess more if it's like 5 a.m. and you got to go to work. Well, yeah. Okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> Maybe don't. But yes, it is. It is often enjoyable to, to have are, a. Are there? I mean, you know, like like the Kentucky Derby has, uh, you know, the mint julep as the drink, right? Are Are there any like races? Are there are like, are there famous drinks that people drink at Formula One or at any particular Formula One event that you know of? I I do not know. Um, I'm sure there are. It's got to be a. It's got to be a little risky advertising alcohol well, with Formula One. Well, but here's the thing is all of the team's major sponsors going back were cigarette companies. Yeah, but you can smoke and drive. Oh, I guess that's fair. <laughs> there, yeah, never mind. Yeah. So, like, yeah, Marlboro or however you say that. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> you, you are young. Marlboro. <laughs> Yeah, there you you're go. not a Marlboro man. That was kind of Ferrari's yeah. big, big sponsor yeah, yeah, yeah. back in the day. Yeah, well, tobacco companies, you know, have been kind of just decimated just globally in the last 20 years because, well, there's tobacco companies and there's that. We don't need to say any more about that. But, um, but, but, but it is true that like when they win, they they all have champagne and they spray champagne all over each other, right? Every race. Absolutely. It's the champagne spray. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. It's maybe the third most exciting part of some races. Um, <laughs> you get fun things that happen, such as uh, Lando Norris has a, you know, McLaren driver, has mm-hmm. a 
tradition that he does whenever he's on the podium, he slams the champagne bottle down on one of the steps mm-hmm. and make the champagne go everywhere. Sure, sure. One race this year, he slams it down and it knocks over one of Max's Max's <laughs> trophy. <laughs> nice. It it made a few people mad, but the two of them just kind of laughed it off. Max was like, "Yeah, they'll send me another." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "It won't fit on my mantle anyway. Yeah, I, don't <laughs> I don't have any more room." Yeah. Do you have that problem, Lando? <laughs> but I don't think he. <laughs> but yes, the oh look at my trophies. Can I drink out of this one? It's like the Stanley Cup. That's one thing that the Stanley Cup has going for it is that you know it, it's the big cup at the top, and so you can drink out of it. You know, none of the other trophies you can drink out of, to the best of my knowledge. But those hockey guys, they sure, they, they definitely do that. But um, I'm sure some of them have tried to. Oh, no, they all do. And they oh, fill they themselves. Do. Oh, yeah. No, they, that's like, and then, and then, I mean, we're not talking hockey here, but they, you know, get the Stanley Cup and they, they pass it around. They get, they get it for a year or I, I think, I think they get it for a year. So they basically get to pass, they pass it around to everybody and all the guys will go out and film themselves when their day with the cup. And what they do, and needless to say, there's been a lot of stuff done with the Stanley Cup. Hmm. But uh, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Be, we'll get there for another episode. But you know, we, you know, we we were talking about names for this episode. You know, we were talking about Fast and Furious. I think I'm landing at you know, I think I ultimately landed on Faster and Furiouser because you know it's D4. But uh, I was thinking about you know fast driving and fast living, and you know, let's face it, you you are not far out of college. Right? No. Did but you went to Mizzou, so they don't they don't party at Mizzou, do they? No. Yeah, I no, thought so. It's a no it's a no party school. Education focused. Hundred percent. Oh yeah. Maybe two hundred. Unless it's Monday through Friday or Saturday and Sunday. Oh yeah. Well, not those days. Not those days. <laughs> those days so are you, Drake. Yeah. <laughs> so so okay, well now I am your dad, so oh. you know I don't I, you know, I don't need you to be spilling every detail, but uh, you made it through college fairly well, fairly, fairly unscathed, right? I mean, you didn't have any any catastrophic moments of fast living? No, no, I was not, not necessarily the most avid partier, I would say. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't in a fraternity or sorority and I didn't do, well, yeah, didn't do much drinking in that kind of environment. So yeah, yeah, sure. There wasn't much pressure to drink more than I wanted to or anything like that. Sure. Um, but growing up in the Nichols household, you were taught how to drink, right? We were taught how to handle our booze. Yes. <laughs> Let's be careful here. I wasn't that like, I'm not like I'm pounding. <laughs> Pounding whiskey on you at no, fourteen no, or anything, no, no, but uh, no. yeah. So what uh, what what drinking wisdom did your father impart to you? Drinking uh, wisdom. Did your father pass on any drinking oh, wisdom to you? Well, here's you can't drink all day unless you start in the morning. There you go. That's pretty much the D four mantra. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Um, I mean, yeah. No, I would. I mean, you never sat me down and said, "Son, these are the rules." Um, <laughs> I would say there was never any. You know, any pressure to drink more than you're really yeah. capable of drinking. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, well, and we, we talked on the show. I mean, Dustin has stopped drinking, and I, there's never, I mean, I've, I've certainly, when he told me, I, I asked why, and we've talked mm-hmm. about it a little bit, and we're going to explore it a little further on this show. But 
I, I've never once told him, hey, you should drink again. I, you know, I, yeah. and yeah. So let me, let me ask you this. I mean, because there's a lot of talk about, you know, college scene in the U.S. And, and, and certainly over here, too. But and that there's also, you know, all the partying. And did you was there a lot of pressure to drink in college in your experience? Yes. Well, there was. OK, I would say so. Yes. Um, I would say, yeah, again, I would say I had I had a bit less than the average kind of involved college student. Mm-hmm. Um I would say, you know, in terms of school, you know, in, involvement, I believe my, my dad said, you really wouldn't know that I went to Mizzou unless I told you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, you know, I worked in a restaurant for three out of four years. At, mm, yeah. You know, good old Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. Um, well, and Olive Garden before that. And Olive let's Garden not, before let's that. Let's not forget that. That's fair. Um and, you know, when when you get 50 people who are all college age, who are all working 40 hours a week mm-hmm. on top of school to, you know, just, just trying to get by and you know pay for school as they're going. Yeah. But you're, they're also, you know, 21 mm-hmm. or around 21. And ish. Yeah, 21 ish. Um, yeah. Everyone likes to go out. That's the thing is, oh, after... You know, after work, we go out. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely pressure to join. Mm-hmm. Once you're there, there's not really pressure to drink, but there's pressure to join mm-hmm. and go out. That's that's how they were social. Or they'd have house parties or, you know, whatever, right? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was always fun, you know. So you felt, felt, so you felt pressure from, from the work people, not, not so much just like pressure to go to parties or something on campus or that kind of thing? No, no. Yeah. No, not really. Yeah. I wonder that'd be interesting. Uh, maybe I'll talk to the talk to the girls. Maybe maybe the daughters will get on the show. We'll have to see. I mean, they're going to have to justify their their legitimate sports interest, you know. Mm. But we'll have to see uh, if they manage to do that. But you know, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll figure that out. But uh, yeah, I would imagine that they they did probably more than me just because they were in a social in, in the sororities in the sororities in this in yeah. the social frat world yeah um that's really where the bulk of the partying happens um yeah at least in you know at mizzou sure um, yeah sure well yeah you know i mean look you, you got plenty of years left to uh enjoy a, a beverage responsibly and uh hopefully not not too many times irresponsibly but uh you know you you, you can go be faster and furiouser if if you'd like <laughs> So Formula One, you got cars zooming around. Everybody's driving like their hair's on fire, you know, going crazy. Different teams. You get, what, there's 10 different teams, right? That, that correct? Yes. Yes, there are yeah. 10 different teams. Yeah, although it seems like there's only, like, Red Bull, basically, winning anyway. But who's your favorite team and why? Probably right now Red Bull. Um, okay. Because they were the team that I started with. I, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's the team that I, and when you start with drive to survive as your introduction to formula one, it starts with, you know, Red Bull and Ferrari uh, or not Red Bull and Ferrari, Red Bull and Mercedes or mm-hmm. like the top dogs there, you know, 
fighting for championships, everything, right? And it really it really highlights Red Bull and makes them really appealing. I will mm-hmm. say, as I've been away from that and really just following Formula One, I've been less of a Red Bull fan, but I still really mm-hmm. enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I like to win. You know, <laughs> it's all unless you're a Jets fan, you like to win. <laughs> you know, and if you're a Jets fan, you're just I I don't know I don't want to say dumb, but I don't know why you're rooting for them. Anyway, side note, Patriots fan talking. So there you go. So what about all you? Right, so in your uh, limited watching of Formula <laughs> One, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't really. I mean, I could pick, you know, the the color I like. Frankly, I I like the car. Does I like Alfa Romeo's car? Mm. I think I think it looks pretty sharp. They're, they're, look at me. I'm picking my picking my Formula One team based on the uniforms, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which. I mean, that's one way to do it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I started watching. I really, I don't know that I watched. I mean, I, I knew Formula One existed when I was a kid. And I remember the name Michael Schumacher, and we've talked about him a couple times. Um, but I really, you know, and and I did watch, actually, the Indy 500. We always watch that every year back in the day when the big drivers, your A.J. Foyts, your Al Luncers, your, you know, the kind of the legend, Mario Andretti, mm. who some of whom crossed over. Emerson Fittipaldi, I think, didn't he race in? Um Formula One. So there was some crossover back then. I'm not sure how much there still is now. But um, yeah, now it's normally the other way. They'll go from Formula One to IndyCar. Why would they do that? Um, because they lose their seat. Oh, I, oh okay. So yeah. if you get booted out. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. You look for racing gotcha. elsewhere. Oh, well, sure you go. I, I, I just, I'm really good at turning left. I'm really good at turning <laughs> left. So and I can do it fast. I can, I can turn left really fast. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, but so I've only really started watching Formula One in the last year or two. So it's kind of been the ascendance of Max and overtaking Lewis Hamilton. Um, I mean, Ferrari's you know sexy, right? Just because it's Ferrari, you know, mm, and it's yes. it is what it is. But yeah, Charles Leclerc, he may be a monogasque, but that doesn't mean I like him. Mm. And uh, Carlos Sainz, right? He's the other driver, Carlos right? Sainz. I like him pretty well. He seems like a good guy. I guess as far as I know. And, you know, I mean, I'm just bummed that Nicholas Latifi's not racing anymore. I, I mean, I, I will never be the same. I was a fan of the, I, I was definitely part of the Nicholas Latifi fan club. And did he ever, did he finish a race? Oh, Surely he plenty. finished. He finished three or four. <laughs> <laughs> but 30% of the time it wasn't his fault. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to you if you say so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, so like, but you look at some of these teams like AlphaTauri. I mean, who's driving for AlphaTauri this year? Uh, AlphaTauri. Well, th- there was actually a, a lot of drama with AlphaTauri this year Uh-oh. because we had n- rookie Nick DeVries uh-huh. come up uh, from Formula E. He was the Formula E championship uh, champion. And uh, never even heard he, of Formula E before this podcast segment, by the way. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so you probably never heard of Nick DeVry. Um Wasn't he like in a boy band? That's <sighs> that's yeah, okay. um, And then <laughs> Yuki Sonoda, who had been there for a little while with Pierre Gasly. Gasly went to Alpine. Nick DeVry <clears> came <throat> up. He came up and said, "Yuki is childish. We need Ooh. to we need to be serious. We need to bring this team in the right direction. I'm going to be the one to do that." And then mm. went on for 
eight or nine races, and Yuki Sonoda beat him in every single one. Of course he did. Yuki's like, don't you call me a child. He's like, I'm having fun, but I'm better than you. Don't mm-hmm. you forget. And and Nick already lost his seat to be replaced by Daniel Ricardo. Hmm. However, Daniel Ricardo broke his hand. Oh. So Liam Doing Lawson. What? Like, Oh, he crashed. He crashed. Oh. Um, and yeah, just got jostled and broke got his you. wrist. A good, um, he got a good jostling. Yes, at two hundred miles an hour. <laughs> um, and this kind of not unknown, but you know, he's he's a young Red Bull driver. You know, is now Liam Lawson is now in mm. the seat. So it's Yuki and Liam, Liam. at least until Yuki Daniel's and Liam. That's again. a that sounds like a sounds like a bad kids cartoon. So <laughs> okay, totally. Here's the question for the completely ignorant. Is Red Bull is it is it tied to the Red Bull drink? Is it the same company? Yes. The whole okay. reason why they have a Formula One team is to sell energy drinks and promote well, energy yeah. drinks. That seems like an expensive marketing ploy, but I'm yes, it's probably worked. I and guess. that's not all it is, but you know yeah. they are known for getting into every extreme sport. And yeah, well, it sports more extreme than driving. 200 miles an hour into a 90 degree turn. Well, there, that's a good, good point. Good point. <laughs> you could say, you know, base jumping or, you know, skydiving, but we'll let, we'll let it go. But yeah, I, I found that that was one thing I did think was weird because you come in and like the teams are McLaren and Mercedes and Ferrari and uh, Alfa Romeo and Red Bull. Martin. Yeah, <laughs> like right. all the major, all the major, you know, you know, legendary racing companies or, or car, you know, companies and an energy drink. You said that they, they, they drive Hondas, right? I mean, that Hondas makes their engine or something like that. Or yes, right now Honda does make their engine. Um, mm-hmm. They're breaking ties with Honda in the future, uh, and they'll be, I believe, making it in house from now on. Ooh. Um, Ford Pinto. Yes, Ford Pinto style. They could go with a Ford um, Pinto. Well, they actually just they did sign a contract with Ford, but I don't I don't know if it was for um it was I don't think it was for their engine block or something like that. Yeah. But they did sign an agreement door with handles. Ford. They are <laughs> door windshield <handles. you> wipers. <laughs> they got great wipers. They got great wipers. Um <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, they are they are taking the spot as the kind of American team. They mm. they 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 do a lot of promotion in America. They're pro American expansion of Formula One, mm. um, and they they were the first ones to sign a deal with Ford. Ford was in Formula One a while ago, but yeah. they're kind of out of it, and now they're back in. Well, I saw Ford versus Ferrari, so I knew that. Oh well, there you go. Which was actually a pretty good movie. Fantastic movie. Yeah. Fant- well, oh, man. Yeah. Eh. You Christian Bale don't like racing. So. Oh, I don't yeah. like racing. He played... How dare you say I don't like racing? Oh. Nobody races like I race. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to say there, Dad. Uh... Nobody races like I race. I'm T4, baby. So. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. It's been a wonderful having you on. I appreciate all of your insights. I have definitely appreciated watching Formula One with you over these last couple of years. But it's time to wrap this episode up. So 
we're going to do our last call segment with uh, where I, you know, we try to bring in sort of some, you know, burning questions, uh, you know, th- this week. And so I-, I will start with a question for you. Is anyone going to beat Max this year, rest of the season? No. You don't think so? You think he's going to go undefeated off the sheet? I, I do. I think he will. Wow. That's like eight more races, isn't it? Ugh, he's already done 10. Well, I know, but... No, yes. Um, odds are he won't. I kind of want to see it happen. <laughs> really? Okay. I, I, okay, if anybody beats him, who do you want to beat him? Lewis Hamilton. Wait, just... But no, so Hamilton isn't retiring, right? He, he's already said he's coming back next he's, year. He's he? he's signed another contract with Mercedes. All right, so him so and George not, Russell. So you're so you're not just like oh, I want to see Lewis go out with a with a win. You're just you just want to see Lewis Hamilton. Win. I want to see the two of them go wheel to wheel again. It'll be just like old times. I just I, he don't have the car. He didn't have the car. Uh, he might. He might get the car. You never know. <laughs> Today it's fast. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they upgrade their cars multiple times throughout the season. So I guess that's true. You never know. You never know. Could be the right. I do have, right time. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, there was there was a great story that I think is a pure D four story. That is the one I, I kind of want to finish with. And this was uh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, as much as you were following the Jets Bills game, but there was a bar. I think the I'm not even sure where the bar is. I think the bar was in Wisconsin. I, although why it would be in Wisconsin. Other than the fact that they drink their minds out in Wisconsin, I don't know. Oh, yeah, it was. Because, that's right, it was where, uh, where Green Bay, right? Uh, so it was tied to Green Bay because Rodgers obviously left Green Bay, goes to the Jets. Well, the bar has a deal that every time the Jets lose, drinks are on the house, right? So, because obviously they, well, number one, they expected, I mean, you don't make that ploy unless you expect that the Jets are, A, going to be pretty good, like most people thought they would. And, of course, they just kind of want to stick it to Rodgers, and so they'll eat the tab. Well, <clears throat> so the game starts, right? Four plays in, Aaron Rodgers goes down, and, of course, half the bar, I mean, everybody's in shock. You know, half, half the bar is, you know, crying. The other half is celebrating because they're like, well, hell, we can... We can drink up, right? <laughs> so they do. So, I mean, they, I mean, because everybody thinks Zach Wilson's coming in. They brought in Aaron Rodgers because of Zach Wilson. Tells you how good he is. And so they're thinking, yeah, baby, free drinks all night. So they go racking up bar tab after bar tab. Jets come back, score a late touchdown, tie it up. It goes to overtime. And, and they, re- they, you know, the first drive of overtime, the Bills go three and out. They punt. The guy runs the putt back for a touchdown for the Jets, and the Jets win the game. You should have seen the faces in the bar <laughs> as these people all all realized, I got to pay for all this. Jaws on Be- the floor. No, oh, it was it. There was a great news report, and I mean, I mean, literally, people are just walking around like, what? I mean, <laughs> trying to sneak out. It was it was crazy. Oh, That's a pure D four sports story right there. Absolutely. I mean. Sports and drinking, they go together, hand and glove, bread and butter, bread, beans and rice. We could we could do <laughs> this for on a toast. We, uh, beans on toast. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. You got it. Jam and bread, tea and crumpets. I don't know. We got to end this before it uh, before it gets out of hand. Yeah. Sam Nichols, you were the very first guest on D Four Sports. Thank you so much for joining. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great to be here. Yeah, well, and we'll look to do it again. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. You know how this whole podcast game goes. Like, listen, share, leave a review. Anything you can do to help us get the word out, we'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Dustin will be back next week. We'll be diving more into football. We'll have a Millwall game to update. So, you know, the world of sports never stops, and neither does D4. D4 Sports is brought to you by Don and Dustin. And by our sponsors, Sports and Day Drinking. Special thanks go to Trey Klein for providing the music behind D4 and all our friends and family for supporting us throughout this episode.